Just two verses I want to read. We're going to look at verses 23 and 24. For if any, speaking of anyone that hears, reads, listens to the word of God, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass, and that's the Greek word for like a mirror, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Let's pray. Father, we ask you, Lord Jesus, you'll bless tonight in our message tonight as we deal with ugly in the word of God. And thank you again for loving us in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, have you ever looked in the mirror and wished you could forget what you saw? Yeah, I've had that happen a few times, okay? But uh, uh, we're going to talk about ugly in the Bible. Where in the world uh, do we get something, the thought of ugly in the Bible? In Hawaii, the way we would say that in the pidgin language over there, it's whole brado adow, that's one ujibaga. Okay? All right, I'll add. You don't want to be a ujibaga, okay? Uh, this little graph chart was set up by one guy who was being a little smart alecky and so those are the faces for that wow and nice and okay and oh and you and then stop you're hurting my eyes okay so as you can tell which way the chart goes now what I want to show you now as we get started here is the top 20 ugliest animals in the world and I didn't choose these, okay? These are as rated by Dr. Simon Watt, PhD. He's the head, uh, he's a British biologist and founder of the UAPS, Ugly Animal Preservation Society. Do you ever notice it's easier to kill some animals than others? You ever notice that? Okay. And so uh, he's located, that society is located in London, England. I'm gonna go from 20 down to zero or to number one. The number 20 ugliest animal in the world is the Asian pangolin, according to this society. Number 19 is the New Zealand scotoplane. And you would not want to step on one of these fellows when you were in the water, okay? This is the New Zealand scotoplane. Number 18 is the Egyptian Taurus dung beetle, uh, the face only a mother could love, okay? And uh, have you ever watched these guys and what they do? They're one of some of the hardest workers in the world. I mean, they're absolutely amazing to watch. Number 17 is the Chinese Mishan pig. Wow. There is a lot of bacon on that guy, amen? Number 16 is the Amazonian Mata Mata turtle. And it is truly, some of these animals, you're just looking at them and go, what was God thinking? Okay, but you, he, uh, maybe he had some extra DNA left over, okay, and created some of these things. And number 15 was the English Bulldog. How many, anybody in here own one? No? Okay, all right, good. Oh. Number 14 is the California Condor. You know, when I looked at that, when I saw that, I thought of my fourth grade English teacher, or my, my fourth grade teacher. Looks an awful lot like my fourth grade teacher in Edison Elementary, truly. Number 13 is the Borneo proboscis monkey. Wow. Some of Jimmy Durante comes to mind when I see this, you know what? 
All right, number 12 is the Madagascar II. And uh, they, they, they're weird looking creatures, okay? And then number 11 is the Aleutian wolf eel. And uh, they, again, they are as ugly as they can be. You would not want to get your foot or your hand caught in their mouth, though. Nasty critters. Uh, the Aleutian wolf eel. Number 10 is the Antarctic elephant seal that flops as it moves. And then this one, the reason the guy has gloves, number nine is the Japanese giant salamander. Uh, that You see that shiny on the outside of their skin? That's poison. You do not want to touch a Japanese giant salamander because their poison is deadly to humans. And so uh, they're scary little critters. Number eight is the Canadian star-nosed mole. Now, I don't have that one, but I got some of its cousins in my backyard that I'd like to kill. In fact, my daughter was walking her dog one day over there in northeast Springfield, and, she was, and the dog sniffed out one and started digging in the dirt and pulled it out and got it right in his choppers, and Tammy took the thing away and set it free. And I said, don't you ever do that again. I said, if that dog has earned that thing, you let him just chomp that thing up at the very least. Number seven is the hairless African aardvark. No hair. Wow. Number six is the Chinese Bactrian camel. Now look at that face. What does that remind you of? Remind you of anything? It reminds me of this guy. <laughs> Jar Jar. Okay? That's what that camel looks like. It's Jar Jar Binks. Number five is the West African hammerhead bat. Wow. Number four, the sub-Saharan sub -Saharan war dog. <clears throat> you wouldn't want to run into him, okay, because he's got a good, very, very strong business in. They hunt hogs in Hawaii all the time. And it's not unusual for a guy that hunts with dogs. He'll have a pack of dogs, maybe 15 or 20 dogs, and he'll two or three of those dogs will get killed when they corner one because they're very good with those tusks, even the wild boars of Hawaii. Number three is the Indian Ocean Goblin Shark. Wow. Number two is the North African Naked Mole Rat. They will bite the fire out of people that try to touch them. And number one, the number one ugliest animal in the world is the Australian blobfish. And when I look at that, it reminds me of somebody too. <laughs> really similar, okay? Really similar. All right. Those are faces only a mother could love, all right? Now, there's only one word that's used in the Word of God to represent the word or what we think of when we say ugly. There's only one, and it's only used five times in the New Testament, okay? And this is the word right here. It's askamon. Askamon is the only word that's used to represent ugliness. And what, how it defines is it means inelegant, not pleasant to look at, uncomely, homely, not possessing desirable beauty, ugly. And that is the only word that's used just five times in the New Testament. Now, there were ugly people in the Bible, but they may not be the ones you're thinking, okay? Let's talk about some people that are often thought of as being ugly, okay? 
There are absolutely a lot of ugly people in the Bible, okay? But perhaps not the ones you're thinking about. Uh, some may think when I say that, I mean Job. I say, why in the world would you say Job? Do you know that his whole body was covered with sores, boils from top to bottom? I can understand the 10 kids before the boils. I don't necessarily understand him having 10 kids after, okay? This is, uh, this is ugly. You want to know what Baghdad boils look like, which is what Job would have had? This is a case of Baghdad boils. And it covers your entire body, and it makes you itch all over. And if pus gets out of these little bags, it spreads to the next skin and creates another pus bag. And it will cover your whole body. That's why he was scraping himself with a potsherd, not only to get the pus out, but to help with the itch. And so, terrible. So when I say Job, sometimes people think maybe I mean that Job. But no, I don't mean Job. Uh, or perhaps Leah. Because we always hear about how beautiful Rachel was. And I've had commentators in the Bible that say, oh, Rachel was, uh, or uh, Leah was ugly. I don't think so. And uh, almost every picture in the Bible shows Leah being a very plump uh, gal. Trust me. Jacob had been looking and eyeing Rachel for seven straight years. He knew everything about her. If there had been an iota's difference in their shape, he would have known it on his honeymoon night. These two sisters probably looked very much alike, except that Leah was older. So when I say Leah, she is called tender-eyed, which some mistake as meaning ugly, but that's simply not the case, okay? Or perhaps I mean Caleb. Caleb. Now, why in the world would you say Caleb? Well, his given name is that Hebrew word right there, and it's the word for dog. Now, who, what parents, okay, would look at him and say, oh, honey, he's, look at him, let's call him dog. <laughs> what? Why would you do that to a child? I mean, Johnny Cash used to sing about the boy named Sue. And talked about him getting thumped. I don't know. So when I say, no, I'm, I'm not, not talking about that. Or some think maybe I'm referring to Jesus. Now, why would you say Jesus? Because the Bible says in the book of Isaiah, he hath no form or comeliness, that means handsomeness, that when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire of him. Nobody looked at Jesus and thought he was a handsome man. But yet when I talk about ugly people in the Bible, I'm not talking about those at all. Because I can tell you my Savior Jesus, I frankly could care less what he looked like. Amen. What I know is he shed his precious blood for my soul. That makes him beautiful. He is a beautiful person. Now, let's talk about this. Here's some really ugly people in the Bible. Cain. Cain was an ugly person. Now, how do you know that? He's only like one generation removed from the Garden of Eden. How could he possibly be ugly? Oh, he was an ugly person. You see, he rejected the instructions of God. How do we know that he knew what he should have done? Well, a Abel knew what to do. Amen? Where did they get that? Where did Abel get his teaching? How, how to sacrifice? He got it from mom and daddy because they understood that the innocent must die for the guilty. Without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. Remember God gave them coats of skins? 
So they understood, and they taught it to their kids. But Cain thought, no, 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 that's just hideous. I can't believe that. And, I, and, I, and I'm wondering, I don't know why he chose to use fruits and vegetables for his offering to God in violation of the direct command of God. But I, 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 if it was because he didn't want to kill a sensitive animal, it sure didn't stop him from killing his brother. Cain was an ugly person. Why was he ugly? His hatred his hatred for someone made him ugly. You ever been around someone that hates somebody else for absolutely no reason at all? Do you know oftentimes the person that is being hated doesn't even know they're hated? And the only person that's really suffering and hurting is themselves. Because their heart is so filled with hate. Cain was an ugly person. The ten spies were ugly. I've, I've done surveys before. I've asked, can anyone name any of the um, 12 spies that went into the Holy Land except for Joshua and Caleb? And most Christians are like, uh, no. You know why you didn't bother to learn their names? Because they didn't stand for God anyway. You want to be remembered throughout eternity? Then you got to stand for the Lord. You stand with the Lord and the names like Joshua and Caleb go down. Whereas the ten spies, here's their actual names. Shamua, Shaphat, Igal, Palti, uh, Gadiel, Gadi, Amiel, uh, Sether, uh, Nabi, and Gul. But nobody knows their names. Who cares? I mean, they died and were buried in unmarked graves in the desert somewhere. Because Israel had to wander in the desert for 40 years. God swore because of their unbelief and their failure to believe that God is a powerful God. God said, I'm going to bury them all in the desert. Everyone that's over 20 years old is going to die in the desert except for Joshua and Caleb because they did not believe in the Lord. And so that's why these people are ugly. Their unbelief and fear made them ugly. Are you, are you picking up a pattern of what I'm talking about here? Ugliness isn't on the exterior. Let's go on to the next one. Amnon was an ugly man in the Bible. Ugly. Now, I don't care if he was the handsomest guy. I don't care if he was Mr. Universe. He was an ugly man. He raped his own sister. He was an ugly man. And he rejected the moral conscience of God. In 2 Samuel chapter number 13, he raped her and then kicked her out the door like so much trash. Well, his lustful actions is what made him ugly. Now, in the end, he got paid for, okay? Tamar's brother made sure that that price got paid. Joab was an ugly man. Joab was, he killed men far more righteous than himself. I mean, this guy, every time you turn around, you want to know what Joab's real problem was? He honestly thought inside, and now listen careful to me, he thought inside, I would be a better king than David. I could run this kingdom better than David. Guess what? I've been in the ministry 43 years. I've met a lot of people that thought they could be better pastors than the pastor. And it is a dangerous place to be in because God doesn't like it. When Aaron and when, when Miriam and Aaron thought only Moses deserves to be, we could be just as good a leaders of Israel, God gave them leprosy and God punished them 
because of what they did. Yeah, Joab was an ugly man because he rejected the authority of God. God said, David's my man. David said, don't hurt his son. Joab came up there and he was angry. You know why he was angry? Because Absalom burned his fields. And he said, I'm going to get revenge. Can I pause here and tell you something? Do you know right now the word equity is being thrown around a lot? Have you noticed that? Equity, equity, equity. Try to get the Democrat Party or anybody else on the left to define what it means. And they won't tell you. You want me to tell you what it means? I can define it for you in one word. Revenge. That's what they mean when they say equity. They mean revenge. And Joab's heart was filled with revenge and he went up to Absalom hanging in that tree by his hair and put three spears through his heart even though King David said don't touch him. He ignored David. So his arrogance made him ugly. Simon, another one, ugly, ugly guy. Now he may have been a handsome man. I have no idea what any of these guys look like on the outside but Simon was an ugly man. He invited Jesus over to dinner. He wanted Jesus to come to his house and look, ooh, look at this beautiful, and oh, look at that. Oh, I got this furniture from Ethan Allen. This is Ethan Allen. This is very valuable furniture. He wanted Jesus to walk in and ooh and ah. Instead, he never showed common courtesy to Christ when he walked in that door. And when a woman crawled in on her hands and knees and wept and washed the feet of Jesus with her tears, Simon looked down his arrogant nose at her and thought, if Jesus really was a prophet, he would know what kind of woman that is that's touching him. And that's when Jesus said, Simon, I have a few things to say to you. Say on, master. And Jesus let him have it. Oh, my goodness, did he let him have it? You should go read Luke 7 if you want to find out how Jesus let him have it for his arrogance. His superiority and self-righteousness made him an ugly person. Judas was ugly. And I don't know what he looked like, but Judas was an ugly person. Why was he? Well, he rejected the plan and purposes of God. Have you ever stopped to think, why did Jesus bother? Why did he even bother? The deed was done. The money was taken. Why did Jesus even bother at the Last Supper to say, one of you shall betray me? He could have let it go. He didn't have to say anything. Why did he say it? Because I believe with all my heart he was giving Judas one last chance. Because as soon as he said that, Judas thought, oh my goodness, he knows, he knows. And you want to know something? He went out then and he hung himself. Do you know what that means? You know what that means? That means he never believed anything Jesus said in the first place. How many times did Jesus say in three days, I'm going to rise from the dead? If Judas had really believed what Jesus said, he'd have waited around for three days to see if Christ resurrected. Do you think Jesus might have given him an audience? I believe Jesus would. I believe Jesus, just like Pastor said this morning, was a loving and compassionate Savior, and I believe he would have given a chance for Judas. But instead, he went out and hung himself with self-pity because he didn't even believe that Jesus was going to rise from the dead in the first place. That tells you where the man's spiritual heart was. He was an ugly person because his betrayal made him ugly. So many others could be talked about in the Word of God. Real ugliness runs a lot deeper than just physical looks. Do you know that? What makes a tree ugly, and by the way, this tree was nominated as the ugliest tree in the world. Okay? And, uh, but this, 
what makes a tree ugly isn't its bark or its leaves or its branches. What makes a tree ugly is in its roots. If its nature is to be ugly below ground, that's exactly how it will grow. Many plants are gnarly plants, and that's just the way they grow. Goliath wasn't ugly. He was not ugly because he was a Philistine. There's probably beautiful and handsome Philistines, just like every other uh, ethnic group of the world. He wasn't ugly because he was a warrior. So what? There's a lot of handsome warriors. He wasn't ugly for that. He wasn't even ugly because he was a patriot. He believed in his country and believed in Philistia. He wasn't ugly because of that. The reason he was ugly is because he hated God's people and he opposed God's word. And that's what made him ugly. And I don't care if he's 10 feet tall, 20 feet tall, or 3 feet tall. He was an ugly man. He was an ugly man. So we read in James chapter 1, verse 23. What is it like when someone beholds himself in a glass and goes away and immediately forgets what they saw? That's like someone that comes to church and walks out that door just as lost as when they came in. They have looked into the mirror of God. Pastor has shown, held up a mirror to their face and said, God, this is you, the real you, but God loves you and wants to save you. And they still walk right out that door. Real ugliness isn't just in the face. What do you see when you look into the mirror of God's word? What do you see as a person? I've heard someone say, I don't read the Bible because there's just so many parts I don't understand. Can I tell you something? It's not the parts you don't understand that keep you from reading the Bible. It's the parts you do understand. Real ugliness. You see, ugly becomes beautiful when Jesus touches. When Jesus touches. I mean, he gave sight to the blind. He, he, uh, he, he raised the lame and gave them legs. He raised uh, Peter's mother-in-law off her sick bed by just touching her. He raised the woman with a bent-over back, stooped over. He raised her up in Nazareth with just a single touch. He put clay on the eyes of another blind man and healed him. She stopped the widow of uh, Nain, the funeral procession, and raised her son back to life. Jesus' touch makes everything beautiful. He can touch people's lives. Now, we all have issues with our own appearance. Amen? I've never met anybody that didn't. Do you know that last, in 2018, the last year we have numbers, people spent more than $30 billion in the United States on elective plastic surgery. More than $30 billion. Why are people doing that? Apart from the repairs after surgery, the reason they're doing it, elective plastic surgery, not necessary plastic surgery, elective plastic surgery. They're not happy with how they look. They're not happy with what they look like in the mirror. And they go and get lots of it done. And so by the time they're, you know, uh, 80 years old, they look like this. <laughs> and you wonder, what did you do? I mean, you got plastic pieces here and plastic pieces here and plastic pieces here. This surgery that you're looking at right here was done in Japan. Do you know that before COVID hit, before COVID hit, the Japanese hospitals in Japan averaged doing this surgery that you're looking at more than 15,000 times a quarter. 60,000 times a year. And you know what it is? It's called lengthening your legs. 
they slice in, they cut the bone in half in your leg, they pull it apart, very painful, about a quarter of an inch, and then they put you in these things, and the bone grows back together. And sometimes they will go in for multiple processes to do what? To add one inch to their stature. Huh? What are you thinking? They just can't accept who that they are. But I promise you that real ugliness cannot be seen by the naked eye, nor can it be covered up with cologne or makeup in the soul. Only Jesus can fix true ugliness. This is what the Lord said in 2 Corinthians. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Martin Luther King got on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial back in 1963, and he gave probably one of the greatest speeches that has ever been given in American history. I have a dream. And I love that speech, and everybody should, okay? Because what he said was wonderful, and they should be following it, but they're not. He wanted a day to come when his children were judged by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. And by the way, that's an admirable goal, because you want to know something? Real ugliness is not determined to how we look on the outside. Real ugliness is internal. It's in the soul. And Jesus sees it in our hearts every day. But he has the cure. He's the great physician. Only Christ can make our internal ugliness and make it beautiful. I'm not sure if it was Mrs. Blankenship or somebody saying, there's a song called Something Beautiful, Something Good. I love that song. Have you ever sung that here? Okay, put that on your list. Every time she sings, she makes me cry. Sister Rhonda, where are you? She made me cry this morning. Okay, that's all right. That's a good cry, amen? Let me tell you something. Real ugliness can only be cured by Christ.